Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder and Merlot. We are a true crime book club podcast. I'm your host, Tara. And I'm your host, Michelle. How's it going, Michelle? It's going pretty good. Yeah. Rocking my good. festive hat. That's what I was just going <laughs> to say. Is you're looking pretty good in that Santa hat with leopard print. It's, I was going to say, it's not just a Santa hat. I know. It's a leopard print Santa hat. That would be the only kind of Santa hat that I would wear, but I do not own one, but I feel like I right? should get one now. I can't even remember where I got it. I think I got it at Shoppers like a couple of years ago. Well, it's fabulous. <laughs> it is fabulous. Michelle's all about the fancy hats and I love it. Apparently. It's, uh, it's great. Yeah. It's going to be my thing now. I'm just going to wear random hats. Yeah, do it. <laughs> awesome. We have a bit of a leg Excellent. again, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? And my this... husband's sneezing in the background, so. <laughs> well, this um... is off to a great start already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It fixed itself last time. It's fine. It. I think it really just fixed itself this time, so I think we're okay. Excellent. We cannot get through an episode without some type of technical difficulty. It just wouldn't be a murder in Merlot without it. No, it would not. And, you know, I'm so grateful for this technology that has made it so that we could continue to do our podcast this crazy year. But mm -hmm. holy crap, the technical issues couldn't piss right off. Yeah. And I wish it was something that we could fix, but it's usually just like internet connection. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Can't really do anything about that. And, you know, that one time that the ghost unplugged your internet. Well, Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing that I can't even get into. I actually had to go into the basement today, that basement, which was terrifying because I wanted to get something out of my brother's um, cold room, which is terrifying because it's like a little bunker down there. And I just had this mm. feeling when I walked down there, I was like, mm. this door is going to close behind me and I'm not going to be able to get out of here. And my phone is not going to work. That is the feeling that I had walking into that room. That is the vibe that I got. So I immediately started like stacking paint cans in front of the door so it couldn't shut. And I was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I heard lots of noise in the basement while I was in that room, but I didn't get locked in. I got out of there safely. So I was like, it's, it's fine. That's best case scenario. <laughs> I mean, you did snap me and tell me that you were going down there. So Worst case scenario, if I don't hear from her in like two hours, mm -hmm. I'm calling her mom. I told I don't, my... I don't have your mom's number, but I will find it. <laughs> I'm sure you could. I told my mom, my brother, and five friends. That's how paranoid I am. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> also shows a very um, lack of trust for my husband that he wouldn't clue in that I'd be missing for a while. So I had some backups. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I feel bad that I was giving you two hours, but I felt like an hour was a little, a little too intense. <laughs> Honestly, give me like five minutes. Like I'm going to be in and out of that place. I'm not <laughs> sticking around. All right. Cool. All right. Noted. 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 <laughs> Great. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Uh, our last full episode was released last week, which I quite liked. It yeah. was a good episode. It was a very good episode. I listened to it today and I was howling laughing because I should not drink three glasses of wine while doing a podcast, apparently. Oh, 
oh, there's pros and cons. It was fun to record. Uh, not so fun yeah. to edit. <laughs> not gonna lie. I'm sure not. Our it's, giggles were ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It started out at an hour and 40 minutes, and I think I cut it down to an hour and 15. <laughs> That's so many... Yeah you know, well, it was mostly me not being able to use words whatsoever was the biggest thing, but then, you know, technical issues or whatever, it just really added up. FaceTime died. Like, oh, oh, so many things happened. (laughs) Yeah. But in the end, after all the editing, I think it turned out great and it was super fun to listen to. So hopefully everybody else enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have any other updates for now, so I guess we should jump into our our book club. Let's do it. All right, friends, grab your glass and get cozy. Let's book club it up. Tink, tink. I'm drinking a Caesar today. That our leg fixed. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I like Caesars like once every like six months or so. Yeah. Same here. But then I went to Sobeys to stock up because you know. Got a stockpile for the COVID down. Yep. And uh, it basically peer pressured me to buying Caesar mix because it was just like all right there, like all of the ingredients. And it's just like, oh, I need that. So thanks, Sobeys. <laughs> well, it's not a good lockdown with that Caesar mix. No. So. If I'm going to be honest, I bought two 40s. <laughs> I bought vodka and rum. And three bottles of wine, and then plus all the other booze I already have in my cupboard. So I'll be good. I'll be good. But don't you know, liquor stores are an essential service. I know. So we should be fine. But here's the thing. I hate going anywhere at all, <laughs> ever. So It's true. So if you're going, like, just, buy the stuff, and then you don't have to go. Exactly. 100%. All right. Well, moving mm-hmm. on. Let's jump into a book club for Mindhunter inside the FBI's Elite yeah. Serial Crime Unit by John E. Douglas and Mark Olshaker. And I am very excited about this one. Me too. It was, oh, I mean, you guys are going to hear about it. Such oh, a good book. You're going to hear all about it. So the synopsis, during his 25-year career with the Investigative Support Unit, Special Agent John Douglas became a legendary figure in law enforcement, pursuing some of the most notorious and sadistic serial killers of our time. The man who hunted prostitutes for sport in the woods of Alaska, the Atlanta child murderer, and Seattle's Green River killer, the case that nearly cost Douglas his life. As the model for Jack Crawford in The Silence of the Lambs, Douglas has confronted, interviewed, and studied scores of serial killers and assassins, including Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, and Ed Gein, who dressed himself in his victim's peeled skin. Using his uncanny ability to become both predator and prey, Douglas examines each crime scene, reliving both the killer's and the victim's actions in his mind, creating their profiles, describing their habits, and predicting their next moves. Now in chilling detail and featuring a new introduction, Mindhunter takes readers behind the scenes of some of John Douglas's most gruesome, fascinating, and challenging cases, and into the darkest recesses of our worst nightmares. And John Douglas is a former FBI special agent, the Bureau's criminal profiling pioneer, and one of the creators of the Crime Classification Manual. He is currently a consultant on criminal investigative analysis and author with Mark Olshaker of Journey into Darkness, The Anatomy of Motive, The Cases That Haunt Us, and Law and Disorder, among others. Mark Olshaker is a novelist, nonfiction author, and Emmy Award-winning filmmaker. 
He has written and produced numerous documentaries, including the Emmy-nominated PBS Nova program, Mind of a Serial Killer. Awesome. Well, first, as usual, we will go over first impressions. So how we feel about the cover, feel of it, all that kind of stuff. So Michelle, what did you think when you first picked up this book? Okay, so I love so many things about this book. When I opened up my Amazon box, I instantly loved it. I love the texture of the book, which I understand is a very weird thing to say, but whatever. It's, I don't know, it's like it's soft or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's, Mm -hmm. there's something about it, but I really love the weird ink blot gunshot face on the front. I was so intrigued by it and I liked the size of it. I liked how the font was like, yeah, 10 out of 10 loved it all. So but yeah, weirdest thing to say that I like the texture of the book, but that is, I don't know. I like soft things. <laughs> I do too. Like I dream about like the, if you tell book that we have, the texture of that book was heavenly yes. and the Mindhunter book yeah. is very similar to that. And so funny. I feel like this is going to keep happening throughout the episode, but my answer is almost exactly the same as yours. <laughs> Cause I, <laughs> I literally, I, talk about how much I like the texture of the book and how it feels weird to say that I like the texture of the book. But I, that's exactly what I said as well. And and I wrote that throughout this book club experience, I've realized how much, like how important that is to me in a book. But yeah, I really do love the cover of this book. I think the ink blot looks unique and it really stands out compared to many other true crime books that I have. It's much more clean and organized and Mm well-balanced, which I really appreciate. The only thing would be the now a Netflix original series. We also like balance. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But the Uh Netflix big black circle. My only thing. (laughs) It it throws off the symmetry a little bit. Like it's not super noticeable, but I like symmetry and I like balance and it kind of is onto the side. So it throws it off a little bit. So that would be my only complaint. Um, the size it's quite large which has its pros and cons sometimes it felt a little bit awkward and heavy but not to the extent that it was uncomfortable at all Uh, but on the other hand the larger size also makes it stand out from the other books and it has like a sort of presence Mm -hmm. to it which sounds weird but like I just feel like this book has a presence I totally get it like it's just a classic if that makes sense and I think it it should have a presence right like it's It's an important read. Absolutely. I'm really glad that we, that we picked it up. Me too. Mm-hmm. Have you read other books by this author? Not yet, but I have since added a bunch of his others to my must read lists. Same here. Yeah. I haven't either. Although we did read his profile on the Green River Killer in our very first book club series, Green River Running Red. Yes, we did. Yeah. I was like, I'm sure definitely talk about that later on. Ah, Perfect. I was like, I'm sure that was John (laughs) Douglas that we read about in that book. And I look back, I'm like, yes, it was awesome. (laughs) Who chose this book and why? I literally just wrote (laughs) T-Dog. (laughs) T-Dog. My answer is longer. I actually have an in-depth answer to this question. You do. I do. Better than (laughs) T-Dog. Hey, that is 100% an appropriate reaction reaction answer you know (laughs) so I chose this book it was actually one of the first books that I purchased after we decided to go ahead with this whole podcast thing because I just knew it was one that we had to read 
So it sat on my shelf for almost a whole year and I was waiting for the right time to pull it out. And after I fell deep, deep, deep into the Waco rabbit hole, I was struggling to move on and latch onto a new case. Way deep. <laughs> so deep. I'm still not 100% out of that hole of just saying. Uh, but I chose Mindhunter because I knew it would go through many different cases and I wouldn't get too bogged down with too many details about just one. So it just, it felt right. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was a very good choice. Mm -hmm. What did you already know about the subject before reading the book? Well, I had watched all of Mindhunter on Netflix and I've had so many people recommend it. So I just knew what I'd seen, what I had seen, sorry, on Netflix and the rave reviews were like everybody must read this book, which we're also saying. So, yes. Well, and you? <laughs> well, this whole subject is my jam. Like I've talked about my love for criminal minds in the past, and that's really where I became interested in the whole profiling thing. And I have said it a thousand times, but my fascination with true crime comes from the psychology behind it all. So, this book mm -hmm. is perfect for that. And um, being able to determine specific details about a killer just from looking at a crime scene is just mind-blowing. It's a subject so I definitely... crazy. So crazy. Like, I've read about it, but every time I read more into it, I'm just still so blown away. Like, how is this possible? I want this ability. I know. I will never not be interested in that, right? Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Really, I'm surprised that I didn't end up reading this book sooner. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I... I did watch Mindhunter on Netflix as well, of course, so, mm -hmm. which is also great. Yes. Is this book overrated or underrated? Um, even if it was the top rated book ever written, I would still say it was underrated. Nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. I basically said the same. I said it's a, a highly rated book as it should be. It should be mm -hmm. way up there. Yeah. What did you like best about this book? Um, John Douglas's storytelling. There's a ton of information and people included in this book. And unlike Labyrinth, I didn't find myself being muddled down by them. They were just easily sewn into the stories. I loved that they were, it was so easily readable and it's this fascinating subject. And he's talking about this horrible, gruesome shit. He's talking about his life. He's melding all of these people that I have no idea who the hell they are, mm -hmm. but I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Cool. Makes sense. You know, yeah. it just all fits so beautifully together. Yeah, that's a really great point. I agree with you 100%. I never really thought about it. But yeah, he goes through so many different cases, so many different people, different stages of his life. And it never was like, oh, my God, this is too much. I need to take a break. It was like, I could listen to mm -hmm. it forever. <laughs> yeah. What I liked best about the book, so hard just to choose one thing, but I would say that my favorite parts were when they were interviewing serial killers. It's just so cool. And the ones that stood out to me yeah. the most were Ed Kemper, Charles Manson, and David Berkowitz. Those were very interesting. Yeah. Yes. What did you like least about the book? That it ended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Agreed. Legit. I couldn't think of yep. anything bad about yep. it. I didn't. I will read it again and mm -hmm. I'll probably read it again after that. And, mm -hmm. you know, any of my family who are listening want to read it after we rave about it, feel free to ask me for it, but mm -hmm. I will want it back. Oh, totally. hundred <laughs> percent. I said pretty much the same thing. There is honestly nothing I did not like about this book. 
I could see how some people might not like the detail about John Douglas's personal life because some people are weird like that. But I think for this book, it was really appropriate and it was important information to share. He made absolutely he made huge advancements in the true crime world. And I felt like we really got to know him as a person and how he became this legendary figure. So I loved every, every bit of it. It was great. What was your favorite serial killer slash case that they discussed? So I got this, I always got a weird little morbid shiver of joy when he was discussing the Green River case, Mm -hmm. but mostly because that was our first case that we covered, right? And so I remember reading that profile and thinking how frigging cool it was that Mm -hmm. they could just come up with that from the crime scenes. And knowing now that it was John Douglas that did it, it makes it even better. And so it was really interesting to have Douglas actually talk about it more go into a little more detail about it. And even more interesting because at the time of writing, Gary Ridgway hadn't been caught. Mm -hmm. So knowing what we know now and how accurate that profile was, it's absolutely fascinating to me. But besides that, I would have to say the chapter titled one of our own stood out to me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about FBI agent Judson Ray, who was almost killed by a hitman hired by his wife. He survived and he was able to give the perspective of the victim and show investigators what happened at the crime scene and how they would have called it all wrong. So he was able to help track down his attacker and his wife as well. But I felt like that chapter, I was like, wait, what's happening? An FBI investigator is trying to get murdered by his wife and he survived. Like, oh, so it was insane. Fascinating. Yes. That's definitely yeah. one that stood out to me as well. And we had even talked about it before because we were just like, oh my God. But that that whole chapter was really gripping. And it was so interesting that they used it as a learning tool and a teaching tool after that. Right. Because just looking at the crime scene itself, it's like, oh yeah, they would have gotten away with it. They would have thought this was a robbery just given how everything mm-hmm. appeared to happen. But he was there and he experienced it. And he was like, no this is what actually happened. So this is what we need to do in the future, which is incredible. Yeah, it was so cool. And the advancements that they made from his knowledge, like that personal knowledge in that case was just incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what about you? (laughs) Well, I love what you said about the Green River Killer because it just is so morbid that we have this little like warm spot in our heart for that case for the green killer and it's not the killer himself he's the worst but just that case because this little place Ridgeway's a shit like (laughs) but it's just it gives me good feelings so I really like that you said that like our audio was shit when we recorded it like we didn't know what the hell we were doing but I love that case so much because it was our first it was our first and yes we sounded like a potato in a microwave but it still means a lot. <laughs> it does. Yeah. But um, my answer is actually, um, well, of course, I said Ed Kemper and Charles Manson. Those are two of my like yes. hippie top people that I'm just so interested in. Um, and then there are so many other lesser known stories that were enthralling as well. Um, I definitely said the FBI case of Judson Ray. And then also the story of the mother who had claimed her toddler was kidnapped, but she was actually the one that had killed him. And so I was going to cover that one. I also was going to say that I I liked that case, but I hated that case. So I didn't want to say anything about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so hard because it is a a terrible person. Oh, it's, it's awful. But 
I don't know, there's, <laughs> it's a really strange connection that I made, but it was, I made a connection with that case to the case of Jennifer Pan, which I don't know if you're familiar with, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. yeah, I know Jennifer Pan. And I think it's just because when I first heard about that case, it was on case files. And the first thing they did on case files was play the audio from the um, 911 call. And then your thought is like, mm-hmm. that poor girl, this is the worst day of her life. And this is awful. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to the story and breaks down like, no, she had this whole thing planned. Like that was all. She did it. She did all of it. And so it was kind of the same thing. And so now like (laughs) our brains are like becoming trained to like question everybody like all of the time. Mm -hmm. So when that story started at the one point, it's like, oh, that poor mother. But at the same time, it was like these little things like that seems weird. Like I don't really trust that. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny how we're. I don't know, I think reading through so much true crime stuff, I just, everybody's a suspect, but it just shows that everybody should. Oh, be totally. A and, and me being a mom reading that case, the, the mom said that she left her, mm-hmm. her child in like the front entrance way of their apartment building while she ran in to use the bathroom and she was in the bathroom for 45 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, you would have taken your kid with you. That's exactly Even what if I thought- you had to crap your pants to get your door open you would not leave your kid out there for 45 minutes I'm sorry you wouldn't no and I'm not even a mom but I was like yeah that's not right no mother would do that no even if you're in a safe neighborhood that's not a thing not with a two-year-old shitty horrible mother would do that I guess yeah but how she was described it didn't seem like that was the case so it's just like right away something was off and then just it was a it was a huge red flag I was like "Mm -hmm." yeah but the whole way along in that story was just like red flag, red flag, red flag. So it's like, if they didn't catch her on this part, they would have caught her on that part. Like how the body was found, it exactly. was covered up and there was so much care and, you know, put in warm clothes and like tucked away pretty much. It was just like, it was very interesting, very sad, but um, I couldn't yes, find out. It was so sad. I couldn't find any more information about it because he didn't actually say the names of that case because I think he didn't actually work on that one in particular. So I was going to cover yes. it, but I, I couldn't find any more information about it. But that's okay because it would have been sad. <laughs> would have been, yeah. Not that our other cases weren't sad, but you know, that one in particular, they didn't... super tiny human. Yeah. So, yeah. Tiny humans. We know how I feel about the tiny humans. They're tough. They're tough cases for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Share a favorite quote from the book and explain why you chose it. Well, I was going to say, just start at page one and Mm -hmm. read to the end and that will cover it. But I actually did, as I was reading, I did pick out one and I I finally narrowed it down to this one. So um, quote is this, this by the way is why it doesn't do any good to castrate repeat rapists. As satisfying and fulfilling as the idea may be to some of us, the problem is it doesn't stop them either physically or emotionally. Rape is definitely a crime of anger. If you cut someone's balls off, you're going to have one angry man. And I love this quote because it really captured how Douglas can tell a story. It's not in FBI jargon. It has a hint of humor, all while making complete sense. Like I've never thought about that before. I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I would be on that bandwagon. Like, yep. (laughs) Get the emasculators. Let's go. (laughs) Totally. Like chop them off, whatever. You don't need those. Yep. You rape a piece of shit, but, but that makes sense. Apparently it's a crime of anger, which I mean, we never, ever thought about it that way. before. We know it's a crime of anger, but I never made that connection before he said that. No, I know. And And yeah, it just is like, he's just like so straight to the point. He's like, yeah, if you cut someone's balls off, 
He's going to be angry. He's going to be pissed off. Yeah. Real angry. <laughs> well, then, yeah. And then I think about when they use substitutes, like just because, you know, they could use a knife to substitute. So it's like that could just make things even worse, even though it's already bad. Totally. But like it just would escalate things. So fascinating. Yeah. And I also picked that quote. 100%. Shut up. <laughs> I do have one more though. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, it's that's on my page right in front of me. And I picked that quote yesterday. Uh, I was just listening to Mind Hunter on my audiobook and I was planning out my Christmas and I had a list of all the big goods that I was going to make. So I have like haystack cookies and snickerdoodles. And then he started talking about this and I'm like, oh my God. And then so underneath my Christmas baking list, I have written out. <laughs> Mine hunter chapter whatever at this time castrating pedophiles <laughs> it's literally on my rapist whatever it is but it's literally on my christmas baking list that's written out that is so hilarious yeah hilarious <laughs> so yeah that's that's one of my quotes as well i also say, originally said if i could put the whole book down as my favorite quote i would do so but figured you probably didn't want to sit here for 16 hours so I would just choose one or two and, you <laughs> yeah. know, buy the book, you know, <laughs> borrow it, whatever, take right. it out from the library. Exactly. <laughs> but I did have one other quote here. So uh, this is what I have. Serial murder may, in fact, be a much older phenomenon than we realize. The stories and legends that have filtered down about witches and werewolves and vampires may have been a way of explaining outrages so hideous that no one in the small and close-knit towns of Europe and early America could comprehend the perversities we now take for granted. Monsters had to be supernatural creatures. They couldn't be just like us. I thought that was I really cool. I love that one too. Yeah. And I'd kind of actually forgotten about that until you started mm -hmm. reading it. And I was like, oh yeah, I really liked that. It's close to the beginning of the book so it was like the first time I yeah, read it and it's like oh, I remember yeah. being like oh I need to go back for that one yeah I definitely wrote that down because I'm like I will forget because there's so much in this book so I need to write it down so I will come back to it that's a good yes. one yes so that's, many good quotes. I love I love that our brains are so similar it's freaky because like we literally have not talked about that like no we haven't talked about <laughs> we've talked about like one or two of these questions and and try to like hmm. not go too in depth about it, but pretty much all of our yes. answers are the same. And it's happened in like every book club episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the quotes specifically so... are so funny because it's happened for the quotes every time as well, which is crazy because these books are huge. huge. And there's so huge. many good quotes to choose from, but we always like end up landing on this same one was the first one that I had actually written down, but every other time I was like, I was totally going to pick that. I just forgot to write it down. Like that was, it's so funny. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So what were you feeling when you read this book? Um, excitement, yes. fascination, and a bit of anxiety, actually. Mm. Like there were parts when I was reading it and I was like, oh, my chest feels tight. Like, yeah, I don't like this because <laughs> Yeah, it's it's diving into those those minds of the dark and twisty that I was like, oh, that makes me in an uncomfortable place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And there's one part in particular <laughs> that now I realize definitely gave me anxiety. And it was talking about what to do in a case that you're, you know, going to be raped or whatever. And it's like, honestly, there is no answer to that question, because 
what you do with one person might work, but the next person might make them even more angry. And it was just like, oh, that is so unsettling. (laughs) I know. And it just like put my stomach in knots. And I was like, there's definitely parts in there that I was like, I just need to put my book down for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, play some like Harry Potter Candy Crush (laughs) or something. (laughs) I was going to say Candy Crush, but then I was like, no, that's an old thing that nobody else plays but I do sometimes <laughs> I play the Harry Potter version of it yeah <laughs> haven't tried that one <laughs> well um, you wouldn't because you're not a Potter I it's know <laughs> it's not that I don't like them like I've watched the movies I haven't read the books but the movies are oh, fine you're missing out oh I know I know I know the but... movies are shit compared to the books my dear <laughs> I've Complete heard shit. I've heard but you know <laughs> I'm I have... sure you have <laughs> from I so many people <laughs> But I'm, I'm such a, I'm annoying, honestly, but like whenever I listen to a podcast, read a book, watch a show, like I want, I want real shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's some like exceptions, like there's Grey's Anatomy, like that's obviously not true. There's some crazy shit that happens on there that I'm far too real. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. So that's, that's not real. But like, honestly, I'm like, I need to know the real things that have happened because our world is so crazy that some of the shit that it's like, you can't even make this up. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. no. And it's, it's why we have a true crime podcast, not just a regular yes. book club podcast. So <laughs> very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. What about you? What, what were you feeling? Uh, I said intrigued, captivated, and just at peace, except for that, you know, one time of anxiety, but <laughs> you know, true crime relaxes me in a very strange way, mm-hmm. but it has some type of trance and I don't quite understand it, but I just felt very relaxed while reading this book. <laughs> and I'm imagining that the the reader has a very good voice and stuff too. So yes, that that's probably true. helps. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> what were your favorite pictures included in the book and why? Okay. So when I wrote this, I was like, I will willing to bet that Tara picks the same picture. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the picture of Douglas and Special Agent John Conway interviewing Ed Kemper. Yes, yeah, that's that's on my yeah. list for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, um, Kemper just looks so chill, so casual, unsettling. Yeah, all on its own, and they all just look like they're just talking to someone normal, not someone who's like done the horrific things that Kemper did. So I found that like mm-hmm. that picture was super interesting that they yeah. were just all like hanging out with the serial killer just like it's portrayed in Mindhunter, the show, so. Oh, 100%. Like, I looked at everybody's body language in that picture, and, like, it's just yeah. open and casual. Like, you know, they say, don't cross your arms or your legs or whatever, and they're all just, like, laid back, hanging out. And I'm sure that yeah. the agents did that on purpose. Like, they were thinking about how they were coming across when they were in there with Ed Kemper to make him feel comfortable, but it's just crazy to think that you can be comfortable. I don't think I be that comfortable, and with somebody sitting next to somebody who's done all of those things. Oh yeah. And Douglas was sitting like half a foot away close. from like almost like touching Ed Kemper. Crazy. Yeah. And, and just, he's not shackled no. or anything. He's no, just like, he's, and he's clearly like talking relaxed. with his hands and explaining things. And it's just, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So definitely pick that one. A little one. unsettling though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Which I knew you would. I knew yeah. you would because you love Kemper. Yeah. And I mean, not that you love Kemper, you he's, know what I mean. He's awful, but damn it, he's interesting. Um, I also <laughs> said John Douglas with a little Holstein calf. 
<laughs> so cute. Oh my God. Yes. It's so <laughs> cute. Cause he wanted to be a veterinarian. Oh, and we would have loved to ha- have that brilliant mind in our field, but I think he ended up exactly where he was supposed to. Been, I feel like it yeah. would have been wasted. Yes. In our field. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, like, yes, he would have made a great vet, but absolutely, man, he we wouldn't love- have done these things. I know. I know. It's crazy to think about, you know, little decisions, how they can take people places. Anyways, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what did you think about the book's length? Would you have shortened or added to it at all? I thought it was perfect. I really enjoyed the edition at the beginning mm-hmm. that was written 20 years after the book was originally published. And it elaborated more on Douglas's encephalitis episode, mm-hmm. which I thought was really, really interesting. It was really cool of him to give us that insight after the fact. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it was when he was investigating the Green River Killer. Green River Killer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's crazy. Yeah, that was a really good part. I said, it's quite a long book, but it really did not feel like it at all. And I'm not going to lie. I listened to the audiobook four times. (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, 16 hours. And I just like could play it over and over again. And I never got tired of it. Yeah. I only read it once. Took me a long time to read it, but only because two tiny humans are crazy. And for sure, the only time I can read my book is if they're at school, but that's usually when I do other things like, you know, mop my floor. Right. (laughs) Those things are, you just don't do that when kids are home. Um, And, uh, or right before bed. And Mm -hmm. then I'd be reading in bed and my, I told Tara this, my, my cat will come and he's like, sits on top of me and he starts purring and his purr is so rhythmic and loud that I just like it knocks me out I just finally figured out that it's my cat that's putting me to sleep it's not the book that's so funny (laughs) he's changing like the rhythm of my breathing or something it's crazy but yeah and he's like this is my spot (laughs) oh he's so cute (laughs) he's so annoyed right now he's got a jingle bell collar on and he hates life oh my god I'm sure he does, <laughs> but I bet it's adorable. It is adorable. <laughs> if we take it off of him, though, he starts grooming it because <laughs> it's a fuzzy jingle bell collar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. He's special. He is special. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so excited for this question. What song or songs does this book make you think of? Well, I can never just use one. No, I I have five or six, I think. Yeah, I have more than mm -hmm. No, that's great. Uh, All right. Um, Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. That's the first one I have. (laughs) Because how do you not? Yeah. Um, Tusk from Fleetwood Mac. Mm. Because I friggin' love this song. It's so weird and so freaking catchy. And it was played on the Netflix show. Yes. Yep. And I, I love, Tusk is like one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs and I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan. Yes, um, they're fantastic. Um, More Than a Feeling by Boston. Nice, yeah. If You Could Read My Mind by Gordon Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. Killers by Iron Maiden. Nice. Straight up Killers. Killers, yep. Yeah. yeah, Diary of a Madman by Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, I looked at that one too. Meet the Creeper by Rob Zombie. Mm. <laughs> nice. The Golden Age of Grotesque by Marilyn Manson. (laughs) Awesome. And Welcome to My Nightmare by Alice Cooper. 
Oh, why didn't I think of that one? I love Alice Cooper. So good. Oh my God. Me too. Okay. I'm like super psyched for this Spotify playlist because it's going to be so creepy, but awesome at the same time. Right. Also, how do we find the Spotify playlist? Because I haven't been able to find oh, the playlists that we make. That's really weird. I don't know. Um, I mean, I call them by the book title name and then just playlist, but I'll see if I can make them okay. stand out more. Like we have Waco playlist and then we have Labyrinth playlist. This will be Mindhunter playlist, okay. but yeah. then also I, there's like- I just got Spotify premium, so Ooh. I'll, uh, I'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, so funny. Yeah. So I also had Psycho Killer by Talking Heads, which I really like that song. It's such a vibe. <laughs> it's so neat. I like it's it. so good. It was also on the Netflix Mindhunter, which like fit yes. perfectly. Um, yeah. And so at first picking the songs was difficult because I only had that. And then the other one that popped into my head over and over again was American Psycho by Treble Charger. And that Ooh, kept that's playing. A good one. Yeah. And kept playing and in my so head. Catchy. I know. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I can't think of any other. But then I I got my group and then I came up with a whole bunch. But so funny because I was like, I want Ozzy Osbourne. I want Marilyn Manson. I want Fleetwood Mac. Like literally, <laughs> like all those artists that you named, I was like, oh, I was totally gonna pick a song by them, but I couldn't like pinpoint one. So then I like moved on because I'm like, I can't go through all of their songs, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but these are the ones that I came up with. I picked American Girl by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers for Carla Brown. Oh, I like that one. Also, that song mm-hmm. is on um, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I got Night Prowler mm-hmm. by ACDC. Uh, Ooh. And I got Fly Like an Eagle by the Steve Miller Band, because that's also a vibe. And it was on yes. the Netflix Mindhunter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this one. Uh Son of Sam by Dead Boys. Um, hadn't heard of it before, but it did a sufficient job of freaking me the fuck out at 2 a.m. last night. It is very creepy. It starts out with like a very scary like devil dog bark. And I was like, oh God, this makes me uncomfortable. But it's like, okay, it's, it's fitting. It's kind of very it's fitting. fitting. <laughs> so I included it. And um, my favorite one that I'm very proud of is Goodbye Horses. Oh, naturally. How did I forget right. that one? Like, I don't, I don't know why it didn't come to me sooner either. But like, obviously, it's from Silence of the Lambs, which like John Douglas was kind of a part of. Like, yeah, you know, Jack Crawford. Be no Silence like, of the Lambs, if there was no John Douglas, right? So. Exactly. It's like kind of inspired by him, and that's like super cool. And he helped the actor Scott Glenn prepare for his role as Jack Crawford. And Doug- mm-hmm. John Douglas even made him cry, which I thought was hilarious. Really? Yeah, because he played him like so. He gave um, he gave Scott Glenn a tour of Quantico, and they like talked about a bunch of cases that he's worked on and all that kind of stuff to prepare him. But then he played him the Lawrence Bittaker and um, something Norris. I can't remember the other guy, but like it's one of the worst tapes that you can possibly ever listen to, and it's of them raping and torturing a 16 year old girl and it's horrible and it will destroy anybody that listens to it. And he played it for <laughs> Scott Glenn. Oh no. Scott Glenn, and he bawled. And after that, he said he changed his stance on the death penalty because that's how moving really? that tape is. So I thought that was just like, <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> chef's kiss. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> Love it. So yeah, I'm 
kind of psyched for this playlist. Just I'm very psyched for this playlist. I mean, it's Maybe. got Tosca on it, so I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe like not the most Christmassy playlist, but like it's it's gonna no. be a good one. I was like, once I started, I was like, oh, I could, ooh, I could make this real dark. I know, <laughs> I know. There was a, there was some that I'm like, eh, I'm gonna leave that one out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Once Part. I got into like. Once I got into Manson and stuff, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, on Rob Zombie, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah totally. Well, and then there's some <laughs> songs that I'm like, I know this song is about like Ian Brady or whatever. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to choose like those yeah. ones because, yes, they're serial killers, but it's not re- like about this, you know he didn't talk to those people. So then I know. there's lots of serial killer songs that I'm like, nope, I'm going to save that for another time. Like, yeah. <laughs> Right. That was like the, I don't like Monday song. I know. I want to put that on there, but it's like John Douglas had nothing to do with what's her face. Uh, I don't like Monday's uh, chick. So damn it. It's like Brenda. I can't think of her name. Spencer. Brenda. It's Brenda somebody. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways, I told, maybe, I don't know, but that definitely popped in my head too, because that song often gets stuck in my head. And then I'm like, Oh, it's so twisted. Then, so I was like, I really want to put that on it's the playlist, so twisty. But, I know. but it doesn't fit here. We have to save it for another time. Nope. We'll save it. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Love it. I love that. It's my favorite uh, question. Me too. I get so excited about it. <laughs> so what questions do you still have? I don't really have any unanswered questions from the mm-hmm. book. Um, I really liked, he had a whole chapter titled Sometimes the Dragon Wins. Mm. And I loved that he was like able to appreciate the fact that he's not going to catch everybody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which made it so I didn't have any unanswered questions, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I struggled to come up with a question too, but I was like, eh, I'll. I have to come up with something. <laughs> um, so I said the book was mm-hmm. released in 1995. So I'm just curious as to how criminal profiling has evolved since then. And what is Ooh, the biggest that's a difference? Good question. Yeah. What is the biggest difference between profiling a serial killer in current times versus back then? Because I feel like mm-hmm. the whole <laughs> serial killer industry, <laughs> if you can call it that, has changed so <laughs> much. <laughs> okay. I think I got... Do they... <laughs> Did they have a revenue? Okay, I got taxes. I got the term serial killer industry from like a meme, something about like, you know, how millennials don't ever answer the door anymore. So it's like, are millennials killing the serial killer industry? Because, <laughs> you know, we kill all <laughs> industries. <laughs> so that's as we do. Yeah. So that's how that popped in my head. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think serial killers have really evolved because there's so many advances with forensic and and all that stuff. So we don't see serial killers like we used to back in those times. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I read somewhere that serial killers are evolving and now they're mass shooters because they're not, they're not going to get away with it. Like they used to, because everybody's tracked all the time. There's cameras everywhere. There's GPSs, there's whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be harder yeah. to get away with killing a bunch of people over a long period of time. So they're just going to go out in one big bang and do a mass shooting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what I, that's what I was curious about is how, how it's changed. I know I, I know some of the answers and a lot of it's probably to do with technology and they use that a lot more, but yeah, it's interesting. And 
the addition of DNA, right? Oh, like how yeah. they caught Golden State Killer. Exactly. That's huge. Yeah. It's going to keep happening. I was just reading an article about how, because they never solved the Zodiac case, that they are hoping that one day they'll be able to find his true identity through DNA profiling. Yeah. Like they did for Golden State. So Right. Yeah. That's a huge advancement that is so exciting, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. What did you Google while reading the book? Um, I Googled, is John Douglas still alive? Mm-hmm. Which he is. He is. Uh, <laughs> I Googled Richard Speck, Larry Jean Bell, and just photos of John Douglas. And if you Google photos of John Douglas, there's so many pictures of him posing with a giant magnifying glass. That's fantastic. And it cracks me up. I was just howling laughing because he looks like he's like posing for a book cover with this like magnifying right? <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> I just feel like we know him now in a weird way but like just because this book goes so in depth in his life and his mind and everything yeah, so totally. I just can totally see the humor behind that totally yeah. you know I think he's kind of a funny guy so oh me too yeah so many times in the book he cracked me yeah. up which I was not expecting for a serial killer book but no he's no I think he's a funny dude yeah what did you go? I can only imagine. <laughs> Nothing quite outlandish like the last time with, you know, aliens and whatnot. But um, so many, so many killers uh, like Richard Speck as well. Jerry Brudos, mm-hmm. David Carpenter, of course, and John Pranty, obviously. Um, but Wayne Williams as well. And the list goes on. Literally, yes. though, like I wrote a list of like all the serial killers in my phone so I could look through them. <laughs> I wanted to like... Yes. I need to look at the pictures and put the face to the name and and like photos. Some of them I had I had Googled when I watched the show. So like yes. I, I looked up Wayne Williams when I was yes. watching the show. And like I did, I Googled Ed Kemper while I was watching the show. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've done that too. <laughs> if you had the chance to ask the author one question, what would it be? Was there a case that you couldn't help solve that still haunts you? Mm-hmm. Because even though he said that he was so good with, like, sometimes the dragon wins, there's got to be at least one that he held on to, right? There's always that case that sticks with you, right? That's exactly what I said. I said, what is the one unsolved case that really stuck with you? (laughs) And (laughs) because, you know, weird. (laughs) But at the time of the writing, it, it was like the Green River Killer was was that guy it was so yeah ongoing and for decades it was unsolved now it now it is solved so who took his place and then I also want to ask him like how freaking psyched were you when Gary Ridgway was arrested like did you have a little party like what did you do to celebrate because oh my god (laughs) right that would be so exciting I would have celebrated but I also but it would have been pissed that it took them that long to catch him yeah Totally, but a win's a win, man. Yep, exactly. He was caught, so it's better late than never. (laughs) Totally. Kind of already answered this question, but would you read more books from this author? Why or why not? Oh, heck yes, was all I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Pretty sure I've covered why. (laughs) Right? (laughs) If you can't tell, we do like this book. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I said, absolutely. 
um, and he's written quite a few books. So I wouldn't be surprised if we circled back to one eventually. Um, I've added yes. quite a few to my list, um, a couple being The Killer Across the Table, where he deep dives into his encounters with four killers. Um, Obsession, uh, which includes some information about how you can protect yourself from crime, which was intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. And The Cases That Haunt Us, which is kind of The like, Cases That Haunt Us is like top of my list. Yeah, I was going to say that kind of, that might answer our last question. So he goes mm-hmm. through some um, unsolved murders such as John Benet Ramsey. So that would be really mm-hmm. interesting to hear his take on that case. Totally. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a maybe it'll be a book for 2021. Yeah, I might have to maybe. add that to the list. It's already <laughs> off the list. Yeah. Well, you know, the more immediate <laughs> list. <laughs> yes. What would you rate this book? 10 out of 10. Nice. I couldn't even give him a nine and a half. I was like, you get the full 10. That means a lot coming from you because you're like, nope, I'm reserving my 10 out of 10 for something spectacular. So that's awesome. May I introduce you to Mindhunter? Spectacular. <laughs> spectacular. I also said 10 out of 10, you know, 10 nice. out of 10 cats, because that's how you 10 out of 10 rate cats. things appropriately <laughs> in my mind. Yes. Would you recommend this book to others? What a silly question to ask at this point. <laughs> Again, I just said, oh, heck yes. We're walking um, billboards. Anyone interested <laughs> in true crime should read this book. Exactly what I wrote. What the hell? <laughs> Even It's getting weird. It's getting weird. It's like, I, I don't even, I don't even know. Like, it's freaky, man. <laughs> I'm going to start to be surprised when we have different answers. Oh, yeah. Be like, what's, yeah. what's mm-hmm. up? Is there is there something going on with you? Are you all right? Like, this isn't like you. <laughs> our, our universal vibe is not connecting yeah, or what's happening. It's <laughs> and it's funny that our universal vibe stays connected, even though we have seen each other twice. What? Twice? We had like one lunch together since. Um, and a door drop. Yeah. And March. Yeah. Two door drops and one lunch together since March. So yeah, that's kind of funny. Yep. Yep. But um, yeah, it is crazy. But I said, whether you're a fanatic like we are, or you just want to dip your toes into the true crime world, this is a great book for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And this is the part of our episode where we go over listener feedback. (laughs) I'm excited. Oh, yeah. So I fangirled last episode. Y'all heard me. Mm -hmm. It's great. Um, And I talked to Scott Hemingway, who I said last time was former host of Dark Routine. He's just recently stepped away for some mental health issues. And so we have nothing but respect for Scott. And so I was super happy that Scott commented on our Instagram post and we got to have this really organic chat and it was literally the best. So So Scott had commented just on a a post of Tara reading the book and he was like, my favorite book. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, would you mind telling me more? Like, tell me, tell me your feels. And he just said, I read it after watching an interview with John Douglas in the mid nineties on Oprah was blown away by what I was hearing. Profiling was still pretty new to the general population. I think I read journey into darkness first, then Mindhunter, but was blown away. The science behind creating a profile is what captivated me. So many moments where I felt like I was reading answers to questions I didn't know I had. And that part, oh my God. 100% can't 
cannot agree with you more. Thank you for articulating that, Scott, yes. because I was just going to say, I didn't, that. I didn't know I had those questions. Same here. And he said that um, John Douglas's mind hunter changed how he thought about criminal behavior and really started his passion for true crime. And without him, he wouldn't have been a part of the Dark Poutine podcast. So that is, which was like so cool. Amazing. Amazing. I actually told him that I was like fangirling <laughs> yeah, at him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have to admit, <laughs> I am um, kind of starstruck. And he was like, what? no, not me. I'm just a regular old schmo. And I'm like, no, you're we're not. like, mm, not to us. Nope. Not to us. We think you're fantastic. So thank you, Scott, for answering our question, having that little chat with me. I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. It honestly means so much to us that like hmm. opening my phone and seeing that Michelle was having a conversation with Scott was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Is this happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is so it's cool. Happening. So yeah. we just really appreciate him taking the time out of his day to answer us and, and give such a great answer to like, not just a, oh, you know, it's a great book, you know, love my serial killers. <laughs> he like gave a really genuine <laughs> answer. And like that last yeah, part, just was... like you said, like answers, I didn't know. I, I didn't know I had questions to whatever questions. I didn't know I had. No, <laughs> what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> Answers to questions they didn't know yes. I had. Exactly. So this is why I need Scott in my brain to articulate things because sometimes <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> but yeah, it's yes. just hundred percent. When he said that, I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's that is how I feel about this book. Totally. So yeah, we love that. Love, love any listener feedback. Oh any Instagram 100%. feedback. You guys are the best. So and even in the future, if you read a book and you're coming back to our book club episode that happened like way in the past, like still send us what you thought, answer our questions. We still want to hear it. Even if that's not the current book we're reading, let us know. We will. We want to know. We want to know. We will talk about any of the books, any true crime case, like just, you know, get at us. We will, we'll always reply and we'll always have a chat about it because yeah, we love hearing from you guys. Totally. And we thought we would just touch on the Mindhunter Netflix show since, yeah, you know, naturally. it's all connected and it's always fun when there's a, a TV show or a movie about a book. It's always interesting totally. to see how they, how they're similar, how they're not and, and all of that stuff. So we just will answer a couple quick questions about that. So what were your first impressions of the show? Honestly, the first episode I found kind of slow, but I'd heard good things. So I kept going. And then my husband and I binged both seasons in a couple of days. So it was, yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. That's <laughs> quite funny. Cause I said, honestly, my first impression that it was pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> we swear to God, we're not like, we, we have separate book club episodes. Like we don't see each other's like, right. When I called Michelle, I was like, hey, are you looking at my episode? Because I can see on Google Docs her little green little light up thing that she was on my episode. She's like, no, I wasn't peeking. I swear. I just wanted to look at one thing. So like, we're like legit about it. We do not share our answers. <laughs> so yeah, I said it, it started out pretty slow, but I did really like the interviews with the, the killers and whatnot. And um, as it went on, I started really picking up and I started mm-hmm. binging it more and more, especially into the, the second season. I really got into it. Oh, yeah. What were some similarities that you noticed between the show and the book? 
well cases of course like they mm-hmm. they interviewed Kemper they interviewed Vanson like yeah. you know they interviewed Richard Speck like all the things mm-hmm. but um Bill Tench's character so his partner mm-hmm. Holden Ford's partner Holden Ford is supposed to be John Douglas mm-hmm. um character's marriage was struggling because he was always working and he was seeing all these horrific things happening so nothing that was happening in his life was really worthy of concern and same thing happened to John Douglas. And I found, yeah, thought that that was interesting that they didn't make Holden Ford's life fall apart like that because they didn't really elaborate on that side of his life yes. in that way. But they made his partner's marriage fall apart like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really a really interesting way to to weave him in there. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there and were there were lots of aspects from the book that were sprinkled into the show, which I always love. I love being like, ooh, that was in the book. Like, it's so exciting. Um, But I picked out two that really stood out to me. So when entering a prison, they had them sign a waiver, basically stating that the prison is not responsible if you get taken as a hostage. (laughs) And they will not bargain for you. Because obviously, if you take an FBI agent as a hostage, they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to have some demands and you're going to answer them. But they're like straight up, Mm -hmm. nope, no, we're not. Good luck. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting detail. And then the second one being a study that shows that painting a room in pastel colors decreases aggression, which John Mm -hmm. Douglas talked about in Mindhunter, which was really interesting. Like they would put lifters in um, different colored rooms and they could lift less weight if they were in like a pink room versus like a normal Mm -hmm. gym. So that was really cool. But when they go to visit one of the rooms, they notice that there isn't much paint on the walls, which was because the violent offenders don't like the colors. So they would peel the paint off the walls and eat them, (laughs) which is... I loved that detail. I just, I love that detail. So that was in the book. And then yet there was a part in in the show as well that had that. So it was like, oh, nice. I love that they included that. Yes. Yeah. And like lots of little things like that were just like... Weaved in. Like you said, woven in there. Yeah. 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 What were some of the differences that you noticed between the show and the book? So my biggest one is about Holden Ford's character. Mm-hmm. They made him awkward yeah. and not confident and not funny. Like he's just like uptight and like mm-hmm. so serious all the time. Like, dude, relax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Because that's not the impression that I get from John Douglas in the book that he's no. like this uptight guy that doesn't know how to smile. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's. Mm-hmm. That's what I said too. (laughs) Frustrated (laughs) the hell out of me. Like if I didn't, I guess if I didn't read the book and I didn't know that it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Like I could see like how some FBI agents could be like that. So that would make sense. Totally. But knowing that he's like Holden Ford is based off of John Douglas. It, it really annoyed me. And it bothered me a lot. Yeah, especially because like, I really I, liked Holden when I watched it the first yeah. time when I watched it. <laughs> me too. I really like Holden Ford. Like, yeah. And then I read the book and I was like, you're not John Douglas. You're, yeah, not at all. Like, yeah, Douglas just seems so personable and lighthearted and just a really kind person and, you know, a jokester. But yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, Holden was awkward and cold so and awkward. <laughs> couldn't read a room like he always like Mm-mm. would say things and it would just turn everybody off like dude why did you say that but like John Douglas was the opposite of that he was a great storyteller he was pulling pranks you know mm-hmm. his retirement was like a big roast like everybody had nice things to say about him but he's like oh no no <laughs> I got things to say 
you know, got things to say about you. Yeah. So, and he talks about in the book, how he would try to find humor in anything because the things that he saw on a daily basis were so dark and depressing. So I think that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's an important part that should have been included. Totally. I think that they should have shown him in more of a sunshine and daisies kind of light without like, I don't know how better to describe it, but like. Totally. I guess it's just the whole vibe of the show. They really had it like dark and serious. Yeah, it was all very dark, but, but it would have been nice to throw in some, like some humor here and there. Like he would have. Yeah. What did you like best about the show? I loved the flashes of BTK happening amidst their other cases. Mm -hmm. This is what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, but not for this answer. For the next answer, I talked about it. They hadn't yet been called in to profile him. So they're really building up that story. I liked Mm -hmm. that. But like, come on, Netflix, we need a season three. Oh, I know. And now there's like really serious talk about it not happening that ever happening <laughs> there's so much build-up though like they're building up btk it's not and, a place that you oh, stop yeah. oh it's so frustrating no <sighs> yeah yep, yep yep what did you like best the casting hands down yeah they did yeah. we talked about this before but they did a beautiful job of casting the parts of the serial killers like the guy who played ed kemper was just phenomenal uncanny it yes. was disturbing <laughs> i know which his name is cameron Britton, by the way just wanted to throw that out yeah. there i just now i want to see him in other roles but like i don't know what other He's roles he, yeah i know you will always be ed kemper to me <laughs> sorry like the, but the guy that got to play manson was yeah perfection i said that too charles manson was great Loved it, and Richard mm-hmm. Speck, and David Berkowitz, mm-hmm. and Jerry Brudos. I thought those ones in particular just blew me away. But that's probably yes. because those are the more well-known ones. But they were all fantastic. Yeah, really well, well done casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you like least about the show? Um, like I said, the first episode was slow, and I didn't like the storyline about Bill Tench's kid. Mm-hmm. I found that it really wasn't necessary, yeah. and it kind of took away from the actual story yeah if it actually had happened then yes that would mm-hmm. would have been fascinating but it's a yes. little far-fetched yes mm-hmm. yes um i didn't really like the relationship aspects of the show i mean i know they're human outside of their work lives but like holden's girlfriend in the first season drove me crazy <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh wendy's girlfriends too like i just didn't like any of that (laughs) um it just slowed everything down so much and it was not that interesting Mm -hmm. and um I I understand why they put them in there but at the same time yes I don't think there needed to be that much of them exactly I would agree with that like yes you can have that aspect Mm -hmm. but just not as much focus on it it was just too much at times that is like I Mm -hmm. could shut this off right now because it's just not getting anywhere fast um yeah and also, Wendy Carr's character was based off of uh, Dr. Anne Wolbert Burgess. Burgess, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually had children and was not a lesbian. So it was a strange thing to change and seemed like a, a desperate attempt to be relevant, honestly. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> I like, feel that. Yeah. I, I read a thing where Dr. Burgess, she... She didn't mind it. She said it was fine. And, you know, it's their right to be creative with the role. But then I was like, but it's 
based off of somebody and you just totally changed who that person is. I don't think they really did her justice at all in that sense that that was a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, yeah, she was yeah. not the same person that no. you read about. Yeah, and again, first time watching it, I didn't feel that way because I didn't know different. Like she's a good character. Mm-hmm. She's a brilliant woman and all that stuff. So that's all great. But when finding out that it's based off a certain person and they are much different than that, it it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there were aspects I didn't enjoy too much overly, I thought it was a good show. And I really got into the second season. Like I said before, I was like yes. binging it, like cannot stop watching it, especially with the Atlanta child murder series because I didn't yes. know anything about it, but- I don't know, something about it was- Yeah, that was my first introduction to it as well. Yeah, so that was really gripping. I liked that a lot. Um, And I just, I really, really wanted to see where they were going with the BTK storyline. I know, I know. It kind of kills me a little bit that we probably will never see that. (laughs) It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. But- Samesies. Speaking of BTK- should I tell him? I, I think it's the right time to tell him. Well, I picked a book. I actually picked, um, I picked two books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tara and I have some reading to do over our Christmas break. And so you guys. We are reading. Yeah. So pick them up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Serial Killer's Daughter by Carrie Rossin, which is written by Dennis Rader's daughter. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Rader is, of course, the BTK killer. Mm-hmm. And the other book is Confessions of a Serial Killer, The Untold Story of Dennis Rader, the BTK Killer by Catherine Ramsland. And that book was recommended by Elena from Morbid. It's what she used as reference when they covered the BTK case. So I'm very interested to see how that one is. I'm pretty excited about this. Pretty excited. Yes. I'm a little intimidated. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I don't blame you. But then, you know, to have solidarity with you I picked a really huge case for my next one so we're in it together not not gonna say what it is just yet but it's one of the biggest ones that we will ever do so uh, yeah so both of us for the next next, um, few months we're gonna be in it it's gonna be intense but we're really looking forward to it but you know hunting season's over Uh um Christmas it's will winter, be over. It's not summer. Yeah. You know, like people aren't getting married, you know, COVID still sucks. So, exactly. Um, what else do we have to do, but read books it's... and write podcast episodes. So I'm exactly. That's, I mean, we did promise that in the summer. I was like, okay, from now on huge cases, we're doing them in the winter because what else <laughs> are we going to do? It's freaking dark all the time. Everything sucks. Cause it's so cold. It's I don't want to move. So it's coming guys. It's coming. It's coming. Yep. Yeah. Hold on to your butts. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So BTK up next. We're really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I started Serial Killer's Daughter the other day and I'm really, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I really want to jump into it, but at the same time, I feel like I want to read the other BTK book first just so I know the timelines of when things are happening to her but I just yeah I want to read them both at the same time so badly I know I know and I have this one so yeah my uh my shipment from Amazon is going to be late for my other books so yeah and I just placed my one so I was like 
then at least get a head start. So exactly. Yeah. I just placed mine yesterday. So I will probably start with this one too, but it, it's going to be great regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before anybody gives me shit about shopping on Amazon, I literally buy books on Amazon, mm-hmm. everything else. If I can shop local, I do. Oh yeah. But we 100%. have no bookstore where we live. Yes. So. We are big advocates for shopping local, but our resources are yes. limited. So very limited. I like, mean, if we had a bookstore and oh my God. you and I went in and we're like, just jack up that true crime section for us, that would be amazing. Like, right. I was going to say the, would only, be there every day. the only places we have in our town to buy books are Walmart, which their selection is shit. Like I still will browse through and I'm just like, why do I even bother? Every right. time it's disappointing. Um, and then our like secondhand stores. And let me tell you, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of true crime ones in there no I look I mean maybe people just don't let go of those ones I don't know (laughs) they're never there our library is good and it does have a fairly decent true crime section but Tara and I both like to own our books that we're oh yeah like I yeah I just I never want to let go of them (laughs) I'm a hoarder (laughs) in all senses but like books especially like the ones that we cover for like our episodes they mean so much to me (laughs) for real like even even Devil in the White City. Yes. The good, <laughs> the bad, the ugly. I still have a special place in my heart for all of them. So I just... I actually used um, Devil in the White City as a bouquet for Bestie's wedding because yeah. we had flowers on books and it was beautiful. So I mean, and it served a purpose. Absolutely. And I actually, I do like the looks of that book. Like, I think it's a very classic, like, yes, true crime. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. So for that purpose, 100%. I'll support oh, that. Yeah. 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 For other purposes. Nah. <laughs> Read it right. once. I don't need to go back, but, but I, I like the looks of it on my bookshelf and I can't wait for my bookshelf to totally. keep expanding. It's so fun. I know. Yeah. Okay. And so I know I've said this before, but I'm watching, I've been watching American Horror Story mm. and I just watched American Horror Story Hotel and <sighs> the character that they based on H.H. Holmes is fantastic. Oh, interesting. And Seriously, if you watch any season, Tara, you need to watch Hotel because Ramirez is in it, oh. Dahmer's in it, um, Gacy's oh, in it. Oh shit. Zodiac's in it. Oh my god. And they have like, yeah, it's one of the characters is um oh my gosh, I just forgot her name. Oh, she's based on Elizabeth Bathory. Oh. And yeah, there's it sounds Perfect. fantastic. You need to watch it. I've always wanted yeah. to watch that series, but I never seem to have access to it. I don't know where to find it. And mm. I don't really want to purchase anything else because I already pay too much for show subscriptions. That's fair. Even though it's That's not fair. very much, but I don't want to spend any but more still, money on it. Yeah. They add up. That's they fair. add up, right? Yes. Yes. But yes. one day, one day that I'll absolutely just, watch that. Yeah. Just a little sidebar. Yeah. It sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, make sure to answer our questions as well read the book, let us know what you think mm-hmm. and let us know what you think about the episode. You can email us at murdermerlot at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at murdermerlot podcast, Facebook at murdermerlot podcast and Twitter at murdermerlot one. You can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else that you can find podcasts. We would love if you subscribed. And if you don't, you're dead to me. And remember to drink wine because it's not good to keep things bottled up. Bye. Bye.